0: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Welcome to Post
0: Wrestling's Wrestle
1: Kingdom 15 Primer. I am John Pollock, and joining me, Wei Ting and WH Park to navigate through two nights of new japan at the tokyo dome a pair of events that the three of us attended earlier this year we will not be going this year WH was like i'm done i'm moving away from japan now back property of canada WH thank you very much for joining Wei and i
2: oh thank you for having me see i was going to i was going to do some japanese greeting but you you ruined that john but it's
1: okay your are you know, your your passport is Canadian now, so you, you can maybe work in some, I don't know, uh, some references to Harvey's.
2: Harvey's, uh, some Tim Hortons, I was there yesterday, I got some Tim bits, it's nice. Yeah, even during a lockdown, don't worry, Tim Hortons does not shut down. No, it, it was busy.
0: <laughs> it's an essential service, are you kidding me?
1: It's crazy when you're out walking, like, how I don't know what your areas are like, the two of you, but man, it's... Like, the random, like, place that is open. It's, everything else is totally shut down this week. I think people, the combination of the lockdown, the holidays, and just, I'm not chancing it, everywhere is closed around me.
2: Well, it's nice to see all the dispensaries are still open as well. Those,
1: those have windows open where literally people are, like, calling you to, uh, one has a big sign, uh, Happy Chronica, and you can just walk up to the window and, and purchase, so... The essential services are a go, but uh, also a go is Wrestle Kingdom this year, which I guess at at some point last year, we were questioning, would they go ahead with not just one night at the Tokyo Dome, but two nights way as we are uh, days away from the back to back nights at the Tokyo Dome. What are your thoughts about running two nights and also given kind of what the New Japan product has been like since the return uh, earlier this year?
0: Yeah, my thoughts on running two nights was uh, it was probably a situation that they, you know, had initially set out to do uh, partially through the year as a means to kind of account for um, the limited capacity. And I think seeing the way things have turned out, perhaps, um, you know, things are far more limited than they even imagined. So I can't really tell you um, their, their mindset at this point. It probably is just like. Let's get through these shows and try to get as many people into those seats as we possibly can, which unfortunately at this point is not a whole lot.
1: Yeah, WH, when you look at the the two night cards, obviously they were they were dealt a difficult hand this year. I'm sure a year ago, if you were forecasting two nights at the Tokyo Dome, these wouldn't be the cards. I mean, they are operating from a a more limited roster, Uh, given Given what they have had, I mean, this has been the the scenario for a while. I don't think too many expected that they would have this these slew of foreigners or or different options. I mean, where's where's your interest level for this year's
2: uh, Wrestle Kingdom? Um, I was actually gonna say maybe we should change this to the Wrestle Enui uh, Primer because like I I just don't have so much enthusiasm for the for the promotion in general because of, you know, things that happened since their comeback with, with Evil as champion, with a lot of the, the nonsense with, with Jay White, you know, winning the, the G1 briefcase and, and things like that. I just, it's just, it's just, I'm just a big turnoff for me. And, and looking at this card, like, I, I think there will be good matches. I will watch it. And I think when I watch some, some matches, I'll be like, oh, that was really good. I really enjoyed that. But do I feel any excitement going into it? Not really. Yeah, I think that that's where a lot of people are at. You look at this card, and I th- I think we're going to get overall
1: two very good shows. I think there's going to be some great matches, but I think one of the one of the keys of, of Wrestle Kingdom usually has been those those several matches where it's like the anticipation factor has been very big for n- a number of years now, just given the wider distribution of the events where people can now watch live. So it's it's going to be interesting what they what they do on these two shows both booking-wise and and following it with a New Year's dash. So before we go into this and we're going to go through the matches and give people a bit of an update on some of the the stories going into the shows, the characters involved, uh, next week our coverage of Wrestle Kingdom 15, we will be doing shows on Monday and Tuesday for members of the Post Wrestling Cafe. All levels of the cafe will have access to our post shows as Wayne and I will be reviewing each card, um, pretty much right after they conclude. I will be watching these live. I don't know how I will be watching these live, but somehow this is going to be the ultimate test. I think that this will be tougher than trying to read 50 books in a year.
0: And, and like that other task, I'm sure you'll uh, overexceed expectations. I don't so. know.
1: That that Legends Night in the middle is going to be the real, that, that's going to be the make or break way.
0: As long as these Wrestle Kingdoms aren't like 10 hours long, you know, past the expected five hours.
1: That is a great point that I hope they actually take from WrestleMania that the two nights we get more condensed shows. And I I would say, WH, that that's probably the case. I don't think we're going to get a marathon show either of these nights. I I think they should be capping these at maybe just over three hours per night. I'm going
2: to say that it's very likely that the the government, whether it's the, the government of Tokyo or the... The Japanese government is probably told, you know, organizations that are running indoor events, listen, you have a window for how many how many people you can have as well as like how long you can have these shows. So I I think they're probably going to cap them at like maybe two and a half hours at tops. Like, I'll be surprised if it goes into three, to be quite honest. Like looking at this card, I, I can't see this being a three hour show. I could see
1: the New Japan Rumble being three hours because that's usually what it feels like it clocks in at. Well, yeah, because it's going to be full of fucking geeks. Well, let's start off with night number one, and we're going to start from the bottom with the New Japan Ronbo 22-man battle royal, and then the final four head off to night two as they battle for the prestigious certificate of King of Pro Wrestling claimant to start 2020. It had such a... Such a tremendous introduction in 2019. We're going to do it again in 2021. But I think what's most notable is that when you look up and down these cards about the absences, who is not represented on these cards, you're talking about Tomohiro Ishii, Minoru Suzuki, uh, Hiroki Goto, uh, even a Robbie Eagles, as well as, you know, your regulars that you would expect on a big show like a, a Togi Makabe, Tanaka, who had a great year. So... Uh, way it feels like this is going to be where all the leftovers end up is going to be in this battle royal and man after the year he had uh, like ishii and suzuki i'll be very sad if this is where they are in this in this battle royal
0: it's um somewhat unfortunate but when you're talking about a show i mean when you're talking about two night card i really don't understand how those two wouldn't be able to have some role for a singles match Especially when you're talking about a show that's doubling up on a number of talents. And these aren't exactly people that I don't think are, you know, just just to be put on a card because they aren't draws. Um, John, like Minoru Suzuki was your wrestler of the year. And I have to imagine there are plenty of other people that feel a similar way. So it, it does perplex me. And, um, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll actually go on to win this King of Pro Wrestling thing. Or at least this Rambo to, to go into night two. But... Um, it does seem like a diminished role for several of these talents.
1: WH, do you look at it that it ultimately, this year, given the the limitations, that they were either going to go with this Rumble or they were going to go with that that never six-man gauntlet that has become a staple of these cards, and they just went with the Rumble, and that is where they're going to fit everyone onto the show.
2: Um, I, I think it was probably easier to do the, the Rumble instead, just because I think he could probably book it so that you know, there's maybe three, four people in the ring at the same time and hopefully no more than that. And then whereas like, you know, with the the six men gauntlet, it's just going to be like six, 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 all like throughout the whole thing until like there's a winner. I th- it's probably easier to manage in terms of how many people are in the ring at the same time.
1: Uh, do, you, do you look at this as any kind of opportunity that with the King of Pro Wrestling uh, title that they introduced that – could you see them going a different direction with this thing? Like we we went the comedy route with Torriano, and Torriano always going to have his spot on the shows. That you you could go a different direction with this with some other performer in the new year and get it away from more, more of the comedy based matches. Could you see? Could you see them putting this on on someone serious going into the new year? Um,
2: they could put it on someone serious, but I think it'll always be a, like a comedy gimmick. It, it'd be like if you put the twenty four seven title on. Like, I don't know who's who's actually serious in the WWE. If you put it on, I don't Gr- know, like Grotus, uh, Grotus, he's a fucking joke. So that's not uh, what I would call a serious wrestler. Uh, so you put it on uh, Kevin Owens. You put the 24 seven on Kevin Owens. The thing is like that, that thing would drag Kevin Owens into the comedy route. Mm-hmm. And so, no, I don't think they'll put it on anyone serious. Like my, my prediction, if you want it right now, uh, first of all, I just wrote who gives a fuck, but probably Yano. Fale, Hanma, and Chase Owens are probably your final four that are gonna go into the uh, the match on the night two there. Yeah,
1: any prediction way have you put much thought into this? I will I will admit that I, I I was more stunned when I was looking up like who is not booked on this card that probably ends up in this rumble and realizing my god, there's a lot of like key guys not booked on this show.
0: Yeah. Um. Honestly, I I agree with WH. I think it'll continue to be somewhat of a comedy un- based undercard championship, and as a result, I can't really see somebody like a Tamaru Ishii winning it. Um. So I feel like it'll probably stay within that range. Fale seems as good of a pick as really any.
1: Yeah, and I guess I, the the only other notable thing is will, will we get any any legends, any cameos in, in this in this rumble, or are there are just so many unaccounted uh, talent on the roster that that's gonna Make up the match. We will see, and how it—it's going to be a very anticlimactic ending when we get to the final four, and it just ends.
2: I'll just be glad that it ended. To be well, honest with you.
1: I mean, hey, I'll be happy uh, with with less is more because sometimes these rumbles go like thirty plus minutes, and man, can they drag? On to the show itself, we have Hiromu Takahashi, the winner of the Best of the Super Juniors tournament just a couple of weeks back, against El Phantasmo, who won the Super J Cup. So they will meet. And the winner gets to challenge Taiji Shimori the next night for the junior heavyweight championship. Uh, I'll start with you, WH, if you just want to talk a bit about uh, the year Hiromu has had going back to Wrestle Kingdom of last year. And also, like, breaking out of the junior heavyweight division during the New Japan Cup. And what you kind of see as a forecast for him in 2021, which these two shows will likely dictate what direction he's going in.
2: Well, I mean, he was like my MVP, for for japan like i was i was was on the eastern lariat podcast on their year-end show and we we picked our our different mvps and you know dylan striga picked uh go Shizaki, and it's a great choice but i i I just felt like haruma takahashi just had this amazing year starting from his his comeback at the tokyo dome and then leading into like through the through the the japan cup and through his junior heavyweight title matches and then uh, through the Bosj, I thought the Best of Super Juniors was surprisingly very compelling this year. Um, I went, I didn't watch it live, but I went back and watched a lot of the matches, especially his stuff, and that finals was just amazing. So, like, I'm very excited to see, you know, like him in this opportunity to go into like 2021. I, I think he's probably going to win the title. I think he's going to win this match. I think he's going to go win the title in, on the second night and you have to understand like it's it's interesting to look at the placement of these matches so this match is the second match outside of the, uh, after the rumble but the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title match is the semi main event which is the highest it's ever been placed in the history mm-hmm. of like the the Tokyo Dome shows which is saying something and that's obviously it's reserved for him and that they feel he's a big enough draw that he can semi main event and that they want to they want the fans to see him as like this bigger star than he is so i i think he's they're going to do the anniversary show. They're going to have the match where the junior heavyweight champion fights the heavyweight champion. So it's going to be Hiromu versus either Naito or more likely, in my opinion, Ibushi. And no, don't say, what about J-Wage, W-H? He's not winning the title. So that's what I think they're going to go with is like this match with him as the junior heavyweight champion taking on, you know, the heavyweight champion. And then that's going to be like kind of, okay, Let's let's move him into the G1 maybe in 2021 as long along with the the new japan cup obviously i think that's a given that he's going to be in that again yeah i
1: mean when when you look at hiromu's year it's i think just because of the nature of all the uh, like everything with with the pandemic and new japan just trying to run one of the stories lost this year was his comeback that you go back to the match he had with, with osprey at the dome then his new japan cup run where i mean he God, the match with Ishii, like he went through Honma, Yano, Ishii before losing to Okada. Then he had the best of the super juniors, which he was excellent in, capped off by one of the best matches this year with El Desperado. Like Hiromu had a great year just by regular standards and more so when you take into account the injury that he was coming back from. Like this was a rather remarkable comeback way. 100%
0: 100% yeah and somehow that kind of gets lost in sort of the, the discussion at this point because it feels like he's almost never been away because he hasn't really missed a beat at all in fact um, completely I think lived up to so many expectations about what he can be and I agree with a lot of what WH said about uh, the layout of next year's Hiromu Takahashi run um, I don't know if how you know it felt like this year was be his graduation from that uh, junior rank but at the same time i think you know the 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 the, the end picture of him holding that big champ uh, championship like uh you know triumphant win over uh taiji shimori at the end uh, perhaps too good to to give up at this point so um i definitely think he'll probably win this one and then move on to win the next one as well
1: last one on on the junior heavyweights wh is like do you feel that there is a mentality and i know that that will osprey goes against this that they don't want to create the precedent that moving from junior heavyweight to heavyweight is this graduation. That junior heavyweight, in and of itself, is this is this mountain for these junior heavyweights to climb. And you don't want to teach your audience that once you reach that pinnacle, then it's on to the heavyweight division. That it almost like lessens the junior heavyweights.
2: But I mean, there's a precedent that's been set since the seventies for this. Like, look at people like Tatsumi Fujinami, Hiroshi Hase, like they were all junior heavyweights and then they didn't become big stars until they graduated into the, the heavyweight division. Like look at Shinjiro Otani. He he felt like he needed to graduate or they felt he needed to graduate from being an amazing junior to being kind of a, a lackluster heavyweight when he first became a heavyweight in, in New Japan. And then he had to go to Zero One to actually just become a main defender in a smaller company. But no, like they 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 look at it like, why move Ospreay then? He, was, he would have been perfectly fine as a junior heavyweight then. So, no, I don't believe that, you know, the the, the talk like, oh, it's we, we don't have a division. They're all stars. No, you have to be a heavyweight to be a main event star, to be a headliner, to make more money in that company.
1: We'll move up to the IWGP tag title match with uh, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. against the Gorillas of Destiny, uh, what we're all here for, uh, the Dangerous Techers, they've been champions since July when they won them from Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi at Dominion. And the big storyline this year is can the Gorillas become seven-time IWGP tag champions? Um I'm sure this match will be fine. Um that's about what I'm looking for. Like this just feels like this is the IWGP tag title match, and it'll be there in the middle. Um I don't know. Uh, if it over if achieves, great. But I, I don't know. Uh, this one isn't really drawing me in. Way s- sell us on this tag title match.
0: Well, I mean, I think um, it, it's a unique situation for the Gorillas of Destiny because they pretty much entered every Wrestle Kingdom as champions, and they almost always dropped them to a babyface team. This year, they're going in as challengers after winning their first tag league, and they're facing another heel team. So it's a bit more tricky to you know understand really what the what the end goal seems to be here, but I get the feeling that it could be the gorillas, you know, like trying to be, be positioned as sort of like a going for a, somewhat of a first in winning the championships at wrestle kingdom.
1: WH do we see title change here? And, and, and what do you see for, for the year ahead for Tai Chi and Zack Sabre
2: jr. Well, I mean, there's some like interesting like stats going into this match, actually. Like, so girls of destiny have never won as a team inside the Tokyo Dome. So there's that against them. But the other thing that you have to consider is that the dangerous techers have lost. They have their zero and three against God in in the past. So it's kind of interesting. Like, I think that's great to create interest of like, who's going to win. But I think, you know, like Tai Chi and, and Saber have been like on a tear as a tag team and they're a lot fresher as as champions than G O D are. Like seven times if they win, they're gonna be seven time champions. That's that's not fresh. Like that that's just boring. And I think that the problem with like G O D is that they've become very stale in this company. Like I'm not against them as a team. Um I actually think like if they win somewhere else, they would boost any tag team division that they joined and it would be really good for them as well. So yeah I think I think it's it's better to keep the belts on the Techers, So that's who I'm going to go with as winning. And I think, you know, like, New Japan management probably sees it the same way.
1: The briefcase uh, will be defended by Kenta against replacement Satoshi Kojima. This was going to be uh, Juice Robinson's spot, but he fractured his orbital bone. Uh, what do you think about the decision to go with a uh, 50-year-old Satoshi Kojima? And, I mean, th- th- there's parts of me that, like, I'm very interested to see what this match looks like. Uh, I guess the question will be, are they going to have the time to really have that kind of a match? Or are you
2: expecting this to be, you know, nine, ten minutes and that'll be about it? Well, I think, you know, I think it's an improvement, to be honest with you. I've not been very impressed with Jesus Robinson's output in the ring. You know, I think he's, he's very much been slotted in the spot that he's in and he knows it. So he's not going to work beyond his, his spot. Whereas Kojima is like, Hey shit, I'm on wrestle kingdom. So I know he's going to go in there with Kenta who also likes to like work stiff that these two are just going to beat the shit out of each other. I have this as my sleeper match of the night. This, this could be like
1: surprise a lot of people. Like this is
2: uh, like the biggest match Kojima's had in years. I think like for, for Kenta, like he, when he's in there with someone like Kojima or someone like, goto or something like that similar like who just likes to work snug and and likes to you know just lay it lay lay the shit in right like he's gonna he's just gonna be like oh yeah fuck yeah and he's great at like these backstage promos like he's one of my highlights of new japan Mm -hmm. uh, the backstage he he really builds interest in like he's been building interest in this moxley match that may never happen (laughs) which is amazing to me (laughs) and i think that being said that seems to be the big story that like new japan really really wants that match so I, I don't see Kenta losing the briefcase. I think they're gonna have a great match, and I think you know Kenta's gonna continue carrying. I hope he did. He get it fixed. I haven't watched recently because I hope he got that briefcase fixed at least. He
0: could still beat up,
2: like well, nasty.
1: Yes, the the Kenta John Moxley match is very much New Japan's uh, Tony Ferguson Habib Nurmagomedov, where we don't know if we will ever get this match. I guess way the big question is: might Kenta just open up the briefcase and there is the United States title?
0: Um, probably not at this point. Uh, I mean, if if really it, 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 all um I guess uh, avenues are exhausted, maybe a, a few months from now, and they can't get John Moxley to wrestle a match, you literally could have done the promo where John Moxley says, "I've just found out I'm having a
1: baby," and hands over the briefcase with the title, yeah. to Kenta, and wow. the and that's it. That's your explanation.
0: <laughs> and they hug, and yeah, it's all it's all really weird. Um. I don't know if part of me feels like they wouldn't have pushed it this far to wrestle kingdom only to do that, um, in January or February. Um, it's, you know, at this point, Kenta and juice Robinson as names that are calling out John Moxley. And I feel like it would be really, really disappointment, real disappointment. If you didn't eventually get that, uh, I have a feeling that Kenta will, he's been tremendously entertaining just as, as a guy, you know, um, in some sort of significant role, as WH said, you know, just being able to cut promos, I imagine they will, I mean, Juice is going to be out for a long time, so I guess they can't really see, like, how significant is that injury to Juice Robinson? Uh,
1: it's a broken orbital. Like, that's, uh, he's not, he's not coming back, you know, next month. Like, that's, uh, it, you know, Red as a, like, a fracture, so I, I think that, like, that'll be some significant time.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, you know, unfortunately, he'll be out of this mix, and, um... I'm kind of sta- I think that Moxley, Juice Robinson stuff is pretty stale anyway, you know, a couple of years into this now. So I hope Kenta gets another opponent, perhaps on the US side of things, just to be able to trade this thing one more time with, or at least like have a match for the briefcase with. And then let's get to the John Moxley thing. I think it's been a while.
1: Yeah. Um, in, in the last thing here, WH on, on Kenta, like where. Did, did you foresee him being able to get this kind of extension on his career when he came back to New Japan? That was the big question going into the G1 last year and where he is now. Has this greatly exceeded expectations or did you assume that this was where he would l- largely
2: you know, rise to? Um, I think he's exceeded a lot of people's expectations and mine included – Um, His return to to Japan, uh, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, was like, had kind of like its peaks and valleys. Like, I thought he did really well in his first G1 uh, for the most part, but then like kind of floundered for a little while. And then uh, I liked the the program he had with Naito earlier this year, you know, following Wrestle Kingdom. And he seemed to be like really poised. And then, you know, the the lockdown in Japan happened and he he was stuck over in Florida with his family and he just was able to return now. But like, I think he's one of the highest be honest with you like you know from his wrestling i think he's been really good in the ring like considering all his physical limitations and his promos like he's just one of the most compelling characters like he to me he's like one of the he's like one of the few heels in that company that i feel is like actually a good heel and not some you know buffoonish cartoon character um so i i see 2021 i'm excited to see where he goes i do hope he gets the match with with moxley like if i'm new japan even if it's on fucking dynamite just do it and just just say we just want to show the footage on New Japan World, okay? That's all we want to do. We, we want that title back and we want the match with Moxley and just just you can have you can have him on you know dynamite to to, to do title switch or whatever. But you know, like I'm I'm hoping for like maybe I I see title challenge, like hope they break up the double title and then you get to see Kendit going for the IC title. Maybe he can hold that. I think he'd do great with that belt.
1: Hiroshi Tanahashi will take on the great Okan. In uh, the former Tomoyuki Oka's biggest match of his life, um, he began training at the at the dojo back in 2015, and then started the next year. This guy was recruited as a as a heavyweight re- uh, amateur wrestler uh, in university when he got signed. Then went on his big excursion to the UK, where we were introduced to the great O'Karn, and then when he came home, uh, lost the R and. Ended up turning heel and joining Will Ospreay as part of the Empire. And for Hiroshi Tanahashi, this year has been pretty much all about Hiroshi Tanahashi turning 44 and is in steep decline. Like, that's the story of the year. He's had all these big losses uh, throughout the year. When you you go back to uh, the G1, where he had the poor performance, where he has, you know, lost a lot of... Big matches to Chris Jericho, to Taichi, Naito, Kenta. The man was beaten by Toru Yano this year and then totally uh, shit the bed with Toa Hanare in the World Tag League. So the man is hitting rock bottom at the tail end of his career. That's the story of Hiroshi Tanahashi. So I guess is this set up way to be Hiroshi Tanahashi starting off 2021 where he's going to turn things around or is this going to be the biggest win for the great okan which is obviously one of their big projects for the new year
0: um you know like seeing new japan like attempt these things in the past you know giving a big wrestle kingdom shot to somebody just coming back from excursion um i think it really can go either way personally i think Think you can't have Kradokan beat Hiroshi Tanahashi? I just, I just don't think the guy is really ready for that spot. Uh, despite you know the spotlight here, I think you're at least maybe a you know maybe a few years away, or at least just uh, some character reiterations away from this being a compelling enough storyline. Even if he did beat Hiroshi Tanahashi, I don't think automatically the audience will start to take this guy as any sort of like believable threat. Um, you know, the the 44-year-old thing I think at this point is really just like Tanhashi's gimmick. I mean, you see the guy walk around, he clearly looks past his prime, but in that same sort of like uh limitation comes great ability to tell story, especially for a guy of his talent and his ability, so uh you will probably continue to, you know, see him like Get his knees all uh, messed up throughout the match, and and try to try to sell them uh, as expertly as he can, but only to come back come up with the victory at the end of it all. So it's his only Wrestle Kingdom match. Um, I think he ends with a, a, a happy ending.
1: Where were you, WH on on Oka pre excursion? Uh, I I think these these gimmicks that they've come up with between the Great Oka and Master Wato have been terrible. Um Great O'Conn, since he's come back has done nothing for me. This is another big spotlight for him, but I I still just look at him as like the muscle behind Osprey that to me has not been able to uh, break out of that that kind of spotlight. I, I think this is too much too soon for him, but we will see what happens uh, in, in this one. Like where is the great O'Con? the guy you'd be getting behind? Would he be one of your, on your short list of names to be developing?
2: Well, I, I think, this is kind of a work in progress. Obviously, I think them going from like the, the baggy pants that he's wearing to like to trunks to kind of more play up like kind of his, his amateur legit background is, is a good sign. Um, I, I think they're going to like tone down probably like a lot of the screaming and the, the you know, the, the references to, you know, Killer Khan down the line where it's probably just going to be, you know, something that he does once in a while. Um, I can see like 2021 being, like a transition year for him as a, as a character and as a performer in the ring. Um, I'm not huge on him, but like, you know, obviously it's been reported that like Kidani, the head honcho of New Japan is like very, very high in this guy. He has been since like his days as, um, as a, as a young lion. And so like, I, I think there's, there's like a lot of promise in him, like not necessarily as the great Okan, but like maybe as a more, more of a character that's closer to his amateur background. Um, that being said, uh, He's getting a huge push. I think this is a really good sign for him that he's getting this spot with Tanahashi. You, you just don't give that to anyone, and like Tanahashi, I don't think gives that to anyone. Like, so he sees something in this guy. But you know, like like you're saying, John, like he's had Tanahashi's had this like year where he's just like, getting decimated, and he's like, you will to think, oh, he's done, he's done. But that's his that's his story. Been like that's what his story has been for like the last two three years. It's like, oh, he's out, he's done, and then he comes back. I think they're looking at Wrestle Kingdom as like the start of his comeback another another one of his comebacks for 2021 i think he's gonna win um with against okan i think he's gonna have a good match with the guy like we'll see this is really where okan is i think that the main purpose is to show what what can this guy do in a high profile match can he step up can he deliver the goods with with one of the best in the world even at the age of 44 and and we'll see and i but i think you know it's tanahashi's night and he's gonna get as best a match as he can out of the you know, a great Okan and then uh, he's going to have a, a nice little, you know, start to 2021. Yeah. And uh,
1: I think like one thing you do see in, in the booking with new Japan, like with ghetto is that when he, when he singles out who are going to be his big projects, it's not so much, this guy's going to be a star this year. It's who's going to be my biggest stars in 2024. I think like they also have that, that long view of things that, you know, where, People might feel that a a evil or a Jay White is not where people want today, that they're also looking at, well, who are our options? And, and age is a factor here that, okay, I need guys that are, you know, by the by the time they're, we're looking three, four years down the road, who are going to be those th- those pillars of our company and the ones he picks. You, you can certainly criticize who he picks, but I think it's also not looking at who's going to be a star today. With the great O'Connor, we'll see um I'm with you I, I think the character is ultimately
2: hopefully short lived and he can evolve into something else just just on that note, I think just look at nido like even his like when he first returned as like the you know l i j version of Nito from mexico mm-hmm. yeah it's a very that, that ver that version of Nito of l i j Nito is very different from the l i j nido we have that won the title last year and has been like this year and has been like like the the biggest star. In Japan for the last, you know, two years since he became a babyface. And usually that's what happens is like when they become a babyface is like when they become like a bigger star and become like the kind of wrestler you can envision being like, oh he belongs in the IWGP title pitcher. Second from the top, Kazuchika
1: Okada versus Will Ospreay. These two had uh, a, a very famous match now in hindsight back in 2015 when New Japan and uh, Rev Pro held their Global Wars show. And this Opened the door for Will Ospreay to get into New Japan, joining Chaos, and they had they have had several singles matches, which Okada won all of them. Uh that he was 3-0 against Osprey. And then Osprey turned on Okada this past October at the G1, forming the Empire and finally defeating Okada. So this is, I would say, of the big matches this year. This is right near the top, and will probably be like, I, I think, like, it's it, this one should get a lot of time. And I, I think everyone's expecting, like, if this is not a early match of the year contender, it's going to disappoint. It's a very high bar way.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, as you mentioned, it's not the first time these two have met, but it is the first time they'll have met as single stars with Will Ospreay in this full on heel incarnation. And I, I'm really excited for this one. I think, you know, Will Ospreay's done really well as leader of his stable. To me, like, it is one of the fresh, bright spots of the current New Japan landscape that I think uh, you're barely scratching the surface of yet at the moment. And I really see this as sort of a, you know, a a continued building of that entire thing. Um, It's honestly perhaps maybe one of the deeper stories of all abouts on both shows. You know, you have Will Osprey here claiming that. Okada has been holding him down for years relatively simple story but in that it's also you know a former sibling rivalry and now a younger brother trying to overshadow uh, or step out of the shadow of his uh, of his uh sorry the younger brother stepping out of the shadow of his older brother. So uh, I'm excited for this one.
1: WH um, where where do you see the, this this direction going um, especially with uh, the, the
2: Empire and how they have uh placed will osprey into this prominent role i think like if there's any match that could go either way on night one it's, it's this one like there's something to be said for like you know like continuing kind of like the the momentum like that osprey has had since forming the empire and becoming a heel character in new japan but at the same time it's like you know this is okada like okada is kind of has a similar kind of you know story trajectory as, as as tanahashi does like they beat him down for a while he loses a bunch of things and then he comes back he's been out of the title picture for the i think this is the longest period he's not been you know iwgp heavyweight champion and so i i think there there's gonna it has to be something to be said that they're gonna get him ready to kind of get back into that title picture if that be the champion but at least you know challenge for it you know whoever the champion is next year that you know, beating Osprey is going to lead into that kind of a program, like. But at the same time, it's like, well, Osprey needs with this this win over Okada would be like the biggest thing ever to happen in him in his career, and it's going to be the thing that launches him into the IWGP Heavyweight Title pitcher as well. So again, I I see it going either way, but I'm giving the edge a little bit to Okada because at the end of the day, he's the Golden Boy in the Japan, and, like, you know, he's the one that they all depend on to carry the company still for the next five years.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, unlike, you know, the the role that Hiroshi Tanahashi is in, like, they are going to be ultra-protective of when Okada loses. It's not going to be, like, as we mentioned, the great Okan beating Tanahashi, I mean, it's, it's something, but I don't think it's going to carry the weight, given that, you know, Tanahashi has lost plenty. Uh, with this, with Okada, like, he had the loss at the G1, I kind of have a hard time imagining that he loses a second time to Osprey, but I mean, Osprey is like going to be one of their major heels for the the year and years uh, to come potentially. So uh, th- this should be an excellent match uh, on paper, and I think it's going to also be the one that's going to have the uh, the highest expectation level, maybe of either night. And that takes us to the main event for the double championship with Tetsuya Naito defending against Kota Ibushi. Uh, All time they have had eight singles matches that Abushi has won five of the last one being that absolutely horrifying match at dominion 2019 where tetsuya naito was suplexed uh, sorry uh, suplexed Abushi uh onto onto the edge of the apron and it was among the sickest things i've ever seen uh with a replay that i, I cannot believe that we had uh person walking after this particular suplex so they've kept this off for a year and a half and here we are and this this year feels all about kota bushi reeling from last year's double losses at wrestle kingdom on both nights to okada and jay white and this year going for that redemption uh, wh does this like the story seems to lead that kota bushi wins this double championship but they have also come up with different swerves along the way do you expect any
2: I I mean it's always possible. Like look look at the path Naito took to get to to you know this past January's you know Wrestle Kingdom. So he you know there's a there's the off chance that Bushi's gonna lose, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Like I, I I think one thing that you can count on with Ghetto is that he loves his tropes, and one of his favorite tropes is the redemption story. Like Kota Bushi, one of their biggest stars, getting beat consistently <laughs> since last January. <laughs> Is is like perfect ghetto story. Like to the point where like, he likes to, you know, like kind of dovetail all these kind of big losses for someone into a Russell kingdom match. And, and what better way to, 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 you know, for him to be redeemed than to, to beat Naito, who he lost to last year. And then to beat Jay White, who, he, you know, he, he lost a briefcase to, for this title shot. So, I mean, that's, that's it's Ibushi, it's Ibushi's night. Like it's Ibushi's weekend for God's sake. So no, I, I think, I'm f- fairly confident that Kodobushi is walking out with the with the double titles on January fourth.
1: Wait, uh, do you see a, a similar scenario? And what did you think about this year's uh, hook for two nights uh, to headline the Tokyo Dome? Last year we had the chase for the double championship. This year it really seems centered around uh, Kodobushi being crowned double champion, but putting Jay White there as trying to make it as believable as possible that he could and the plans, or that Ibushi somehow comes up short again.
0: Yeah, you know, the way they got to sort of the double gold dash little mini tournament this year, I feel like was certainly less than ideal, and again, makes me wonder how far in the cards this whole thing was, you know, of even doing Wrestle Kingdom over two nights, but um, like so many things of of all, of wrestling all of the world this year, I think, you know, they're certainly just trying to do the best with what they have, and if that means having Kota Ibushi lose a briefcase um in in a during during some sort of like you know um i don't know lesser show in order to just win it back at the at the end um it's it's fine it's fine it's certainly not as bad as like you know uh john morrison cashing in the money in the bank briefcase for the miz and then uh, adam pierce just handing the briefcase back to to the miz at the end of it all uh wh i'll catch you up later um and so i think you know it's it, it 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 will be completely like this entire thing about Kodo Ibushi ascending to be God. Um, I, I don't think you're going to not get at the end of this wrestle kingdom, especially when you put him through two G one wins. I mean, three G one finalists and still being unable to win the championship at the end of it, it all. To me, that's almost like a little too much to give the, to, to put the guy through without having him succeed at the end. So I have to imagine that this will be, that ending and um it's probably going to take a hell of a risky performance from both men to get there
1: yeah that's um i i think they're gonna go insane in this match i, I think that this is like there was a lot of uneasiness after, after that dominion match uh, i i don't see them going any less in this match if anything it's going to be amplified for the stakes of this match and headlining the dome
2: I, mean, I was at that live, John, and you know, like, and I didn't get to see from the angle oh, I was at. I didn't, I didn't see the spot live, but we watched it on the, uh, the, uh, the the monitor, the replay, and I can tell you, everyone I was sitting with was just like aghast. Like we were like, is he okay? Is like, I, was she okay?
0: I remember, like, even during the Madison Square Garden show when these two had a match, like feeling That's incredibly right. concerned at that time. So this is the, you know, this will be the ninth match between these two and the highest profile. So you could definitely expect, um, uh maybe a, a couple head drops here and there. So I, I, I just, I wish that, I hope that they're safe. Cause uh, one of these two very likely Kota Abushi will have to wrestle again the very next night.
1: Yeah. Last question on this. If, if this goes the way we're assuming uh, with Ibushi winning, uh,
2: what's the trajectory for, for Naito WH. I don't know. I guess like feuding with, with evil. some more. <laughs> you know, he's, he's going gonna... can, to, I cannot take that for another year. I think he's going to be put... Not not on the back burner, but like, you know, kind of face down. Like, whereas... I think Okada's going to kind of rise rise up the ladder a bit. Whereas Naito's going to be kind of upper mid-card, mid-card. And then, like, get him ready. But also, you, you got to keep in mind, like, Naito's like... You know, how I forget how old he's. He's, in, he's 40. Close to 40 or over. And he's got, like, shit knees now. Like, his, his knees are in terrible condition. So I think he's probably going to... You know, they're probably phase him down a bit. Maybe Maybe... I wouldn't mind putting him in a tag team with like Shingo or, or even like Sonata or something like that, make them tag champions or something like that. And then you could give him a bit of a break and then, you know, phase him back into the title picture. But like, the thing is with like Naito, just being in a program with him makes you, you know what I mean? Like he's one of those guys that doesn't need the belt anymore. Like he can just be Naito and you can feud with Naito and, and it means something. It's like feuding with okada and tanahashi he's in that stratosphere where his name alone is valuable yeah he he's 38 but to your point like he is you know on top
1: of like the major knee surgery he had that was eight years ago i mean he is just you know beaten his his body down by 38 at this point um I, I would very much like to see and i'm not expecting it in this match certainly but to me it's like the 35 minute main events from from Naito to me, I, I just think he would have gained a lot more if he just had kind of like your your 18 to 22 minute main events. I think he is custom made for that pace because the the
2: longer pace matches with Naito, I, I found to be very tough this year. Oh yeah, I never want to see anything more than 22 minutes from him. <laughs> like I'm sure the Abushi match, if it goes a little long, it'll be fine. I think I, that's I, good. I'm not looking at this one, yeah, but by and
1: large, as, as a rule, um, because th- this one will be, you know, th- these last two matches, I guess it's it's going to be interesting to see how much time is allotted, because in a regular year, you would expect 30-35 for each of these.
2: Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll see. Like, again, I I do think there's probably time restrictions placed on New Japan by, by the building and by, by the government. So.
1: so that takes us to night two, and it's going to be two stardom dark matches this year, as opposed to the one we had uh, this past year. So the first one uh, features a uh, Saya Kamatani, Azumi and world of stardom champion, Utami Hayashishida representing Queen's Quest against Micah, Natsupoi and Hameika, as well as Mayui Watani and Tam Nakano against Suri and wonder of stardom champion, Julia. Uh, so, WH, to our knowledge, like, these will not be available on New Japan World. Um, maybe they pop up on Stardom World at, at, at some point. And I guess as you look at this is, like, what is the value that Stardom is getting out of this beyond, you know, that fans are going to see this live? Um, what, do you, what do you see as, like, this relationship? Like, will, will this evolve or is this kind of the extent of things that will be... Dark matches on, you know, your yearly or maybe sprinkled out throughout the year on big shows.
2: I don't know what their deal with whatever television outlet that they're on. I like stardom uh, is right now. Like, but I can imagine it when it expires that New Japan is going to like, like Bushiro is going to come in there and say, listen, they're going to be on our fucking broadcast. Whether that's on New Japan World, they keep stardom world. I don't know. But like, I think what you're going to see is very much a similar relationship that, like, Tokyo Joshi ProRes has with DDT under the um, under the Cyber Agent or Cyber Fight umbrella now. Like, it's all going to be, cut, you know, condensed into one streaming uh, umbrella. So I think they're just waiting for that. This is probably going to be on hold until that happens, or they're probably just going to release some kind of DVD, Blu-ray, down the line, like... You know, five years in the making, like the best of stardom at the Tokyo Dome or something like that to maybe launch a stardom channel on, you know, like Road streaming, where the fuck it's going to be called. But that's that's what I think that is like it's on hold. This relationship is is they get to get the exposure in front of these fans for these dark matches that we'll eventually see. Um, what I want to talk about is, like, you notice who's in these matches. It's, like, both matches feature members of Donato Dona Yeah. Which is, like, that's their big project. Like, Julia is, like, their project. You can tell. Like, you know, that she... Even before Hana Kimura passed away this year, she was one of, like, the four that was going to be, like, the project. Like, of course, you know, Hana passed away, unfortunately, and Arisa uh, Hoshiki retired, unfortunately, and they're very much missed. But, like... Between Mayu and Julia, who were part of the you know the other two in that in that quartet, it's like Julia who's got more of a shine, even though she's the IC champion, so to speak, as opposed to Mayu, who was the world champion in the company. I think Julia got more of a spotlight, and I think that's deliberate. I think she's the one they see as like she's going to be our international star. She's the one who's going to get us into like other markets because like people are going to be latching onto her kind of very, you know, very model-esque looks and like, and her talent and her charisma that she has in spades. I think, I think she's a great wrestler. I think she's a great personality. Like she's our marquee person that we're going to draw more fans into our company. And I think it's deliberate that they want her to kind of capture other, like the, the, the the woman audience. that's very elusive for Joshi in general, but in stardom, it seems in particular. Uh, Just because we haven't had a chance to talk about this this week, and uh,
1: this centers around stardom, was at their Korkyun Hall show earlier this week after the main event where B Priestley and Konami won the uh, Goddesses of Stardom uh, tag titles. Nane Takahashi and Yoshiko stormed the ring, and they shot a big angle. And for those that maybe are not familiar with the backstory of Yoshiko's exit and the match with Akyazukawa, can you just explain why this is such a... um, a controversial choice to utilize Yoshiko, and what you think th- this is building to for Stardom.
2: Well, I mean, I think it's it's building towards their Budokan anniversary show that they, they feel they need to draw upon a larger audience beyond their own, you know, the the, the fandom of Stardom. Um, and using Yoshiko is probably the best way to do that. She is a, a big star in Independent Joshi, as well as being a massive star on TikTok with her baking videos. Like, I didn't know this. Like, people point this out to me. Like, she's got, like, a massive following on TikTok. And, you know, so there's also the history. Like, you mentioned it, John. Like, the incident, the, 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 the ugly match incident between Yoshiko and Ak Yesakao, where, you know, she was champion. Yoshiko was the World of Stardom champion, and uh, Act was going to challenge for that belt. And then at some point in that match, things devolved, and Yoshiko shot on her, and she beat the shit out of her. Like if you have seen, I don't recommend you go see the pictures of Jessica's face afterwards, but I have, it's a horrifying. The the injuries are brutal that come out of this. Terrible. Broke her nose. She broke her orbital bone. She broke, I think her cheek as well. And she left wrestling right soon after. Like she just kind of had a couple more matches and then she just left wrestling. I, I gotta say had to do with like her previous history of, of her previous medical history, as well as these, these, this incident. But you know, like she left, Nanaya Takahashi was a founder of Stardom. And she left to support Yoshiko because they banned her. They said, You're we don't want you in this company anymore. And so they formed a Seed Ring, which is like Nanaya Takahashi's promotion. And, you know, Yoshiko's been the top star of that company uh for since its inception. And so like to draw upon like having this interpromotional match, but also like you gotta keep mind, Maya Iwatani is stardom. Like she was in the company when that happened, and so like she in Yoshiko's absence, like she became like the biggest star when Io Shirai left. And when Kairi Hojo became Kairi Sane in WWE, that Mayu was then slated to become like what her nickname is, the icon of stardom. So you have this, this representative of stardom taking on like this, this, you know, this exiled outlaw in Yoshiko. And you create this dynamic, like with all this history between stardom itself and, and with Yoshiko and Nanai Takahashi. And I think, it's it's working I think it created a lot of buzz for the company and it's going to draw as many people as they can get into the Budokan for that anniversary show.
1: Yeah, they're running Budokan Hall in March. That's for the uh, the 10th anniversary show and that certainly seemed to be the 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 tease of where they're going with uh with, with her promo uh referring to to Mayu at the end of that. So, that's the stardom representation on this show, but again, this these will be dark matches that are not going to be broadcast. Then it's the four-way for the King of Pro Wrestling title that will likely kick off the show. And then the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles will be defended by El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru against Ryusuke Taguchi. And Master Wato walks into the Tokyo Dome. But this is also the uh, the first like significant match since El Desperado had that incredible final with Hiromu Takahashi and... I guess way like where are you looking at uh El Desperado here for the new year because he feels like he has so much uh momentum behind him after that final even in defeat that um d- do you see him kind of branching away from uh, a tag team?
0: I don't know. Um I certainly hope so given the amount of like buzz coming off of that match and given I think just um the push that he received in the tournament itself, but um I I feel like we, we tend to see these very kind of prolonged like pushes especially if you're talking about uh, somebody's graduation from like a junior heavyweight to like a heavyweight spot and um i i certainly hope so i think like the lack of mobility in the division is always something that mm, to me makes the division kind of stale like it's it's always a cer- certain cycling of names in that mix and i i would certainly hope that el desperado again coming off of like the, the the incredible performance in a match that was actually topping several people's match of the year list that he would at least get some recognition that he's not just destined to stay as a junior tag team wrestler.
1: WH uh I, I think like this could be a really enter- entertaining match. Uh you know I I hate the Master Watto gimmick, but I love this wrestler because I thought he had so much uh, promise. And I think he's just so bogged down by this silly character that was funny for about a minute. And then we realized that this is, this is what he's got to perform as.
2: Well, I mean, here's the thing with like Desperado and Katamaru are like low key, one of the best tag teams in the world. I have enjoyed their output as a tag team. Um, I think they're going to drag something good out of Wato, and you know Takuchi usually delivers in big spots. Like, so I think he's probably going to bring the goods as well. So I think this will be actually a very good match. My my thing is, is like, but why why these two? Like, where's Shotenaka and where's Robbie Eagles? Like, I would rather yeah. you guys okay. Robbie Eagles doesn't have anything. Shotenaka doesn't have anything. They're both members of Chaos. They're both Chaos Juniors. Why not have them be in this title match? Like, it would be much better. And I really think like Shotenaka is getting screwed like just like suzuki's getting screwed and like Ishii's getting screwed out of good spots on this show and he's going to get regulated to this stupid rambo on on the first night we're never going to see him for the rest of the for the rest of the two days and it's, it's a shame and like i don't think master water deserves it he has shit the bed since he's come back he has like in the ring he doesn't he doesn't like this gimmick you can tell his heart's not in rest into Wrestling as Master Wado, so you know why reward him with a big spot? Give it to Shotenaka. Give it to Robbie Eagles. Make them—you'd have a way fucking better match.
1: Well, it's uh, yeah, Shotenaka to me was uh, you know they they put him there in in the New Japan Cup, but it it just seems since it's. It's kind of like the, the, the WWE solution when one guy gets injured in a tag team, like the other just sort of is put on hold until their partner's ready to come back. And I I think honestly, like you're at a point where Show has like outgrown that, that team and yeah, like not really represented here unless but maybe he's going to be your, your king of pro wrestling, WH.
2: Oh god, I hope not. They'll give him a crown. Listen, Yano's winning that because I have a theory that Ghetto has run a huge fucking tab at Yano's restaurant that he has he has to pay off by giving Yano like some decent mid card spots.
1: <laughs> well, I'm wait I'm waiting for the decent uh, spot with this King of Pro Wrestling title. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but we'll see what they do with it here. Shingo Takagi defends the Never Openweight Championship against Jeff Cobb. This is uh, Takagi's second reign as champion after defeating Minoru Suzuki at Power Struggle. Uh, Cobb held this title for a month in 2019 where he beat Will Ospreay uh, at Madison Square Garden, but then lost it to Taichi the very next month. He has now aligned himself with Ospreay as part of the Empire. So um, another big opportunity for Jeff Cobb where I think it's been it's been inconsistent. Like there's certain times where you're looking at him, like this is going to be his blast off point in new Japan and doesn't quite deliver. And then there's others where you're kind of sleeping on him and he reminds you of, you know, just what a talent he is. But I I would say it's been an inconsistent run. Uh, Shingo on the other hand, I think, you know, was solid this, this past year. Um, I I think you could make a strong argument of, This would have been a very different year for New Japan if he was tapped on the shoulder instead of evil, but he, you know, he was, he was not, he was like, you kind of saw the delineation of uh, priorities there. But here we are with Takagi and Jeff Cobb. Well, we'll start with you, Wei, uh, with your thoughts on this match. And is this um, solidifying Jeff Cobb by putting a championship on him alongside Osprey?
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's like it's it's it. uh, It was kind of interesting to me that this was this is like both men's first singles match at Wrestle Kingdom, and you know, for Shingo Takagi in particular, who I feel like has been, you know, for quite some time, like one of the the very special talents that whenever we talk about one of these cards lately um always 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 stands out every single g1 card that this man is involved in he is always 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 a standout performer so the fact that this is his first wrestle kingdom singles match i think um you know first of all you i think you will get his best and as a result i don't think this will be one of those kind of jeff Cobb performances that we'll be looking back on and maybe you know, um, having less less or at least like more mediocre opinions about, I think this will be a very significant match for both men, for Jeff Carr. but it's, it's huge. It's like, you know, being able to uh, wrestle on, on the biggest stage, uh, perhaps of his entire career up until this point. So I definitely think that uh, both men will be at their very best. I think it'll be very hard hitting. And uh, I think at the end of it, I see Shingo Takagi retaining it just because I feel you have a bit more to springboard off of uh, after Wrestle Kingdom.
1: WH, what what do you think is the the hesitancy with Shingo Takagi? Is it the age factor? Is it the the fact that there's always going to be the deference to those that came up in the New Japan system? Like he's in a very good spot. Do you see him like go rising up to that that high end of the the championship picture?
2: I. I think it's possible he could challenge for it. I don't know if he'd ever win it. I think the factors that you laid out, like his age and that, you know, for a lot of people, and maybe including New Japan management, he's a Dragon Gate guy. Mm -hmm. And, like, he might always be looked at as primarily a Dragon Gate guy that wrestles in, in New Japan, Who knows? Like, I think he'd be great as IWCP champion, but I'm a huge Shingo fan. I haven't been for, like, the last 20 years, so... Um, I think, you know, like, this is a good spot for Cobb. He's pinned Shingo twice this year. Like, he pinned him in the G1, and and he pinned him in the World Tag League. So, that being said, like, that usually means that probably Shingo's gonna win this match, because Cobb's already pinned him. Um, Yeah, I don't know, like, there's a reason I call Cobb mid-card Jeff, because, like, I think he's really slotted in that by New Japan. I think he could rise a higher position in the company but his performances just have left left me wanting for the most part he's had a couple of good matches here and there but i thought a lot of this outputs has been like eh, it's okay to outright kind of just boring um but like i said like these two good great chemistry chingo takagi is a guy who can carry almost anyone in wrestling so this should be an awesome match i think if given like 15 minutes Give him 15 minutes, and I'm going to probably be on the edge of my seat, like, watching this with, like, bated breath. But I, I'm going to go with Shingo. I think he's he's better off in this role as, as a neverweight champion and never openweight champion, and, like, Cobb is just the muscle for Osprey. Like, that's his role. And, you know, it's a nice bone to throw the guy, but that's it.
1: Well, if this ne- next match gets 27 minutes, which is what it got uh, in the B-block final, uh, WH might be at the edge of a cliff. It's Evil versus Sonata. I think uh I think this really represents things of Evil was the project in 2020 and and I think you could certainly look at it that it was not a successful one, at least now. Um does he eventually grow into that role? Potentially, but I, I didn't think they came close to hitting it out of the park with evil. This past year and i think the placement here like this is fine it's a it's a matchup of significance given the former partners in a big tokyo dome match together i actually think there's some positive to the fact that this is more of an under the radar match that maybe they can come out and just have a terrific performance together and we will see wh if some of your favorite tropes are part of this match or not i think that's going to dictate people's feelings here but uh, I know some really enjoyed the B-Block final, but I, I did not think it, it worked all that well. I did not enjoy that match. I thought it went way too long. Um, and I, I don't see this one coming close, though, to 27 minutes.
2: No, I, I I can see it being maybe 15. Like, I hope it's 15. I hope it's less than that. Um, Abel's been terrible all year. One of the worst IWTV champions in the history of that title. And considering, like, some of the stuff that happened in the early 2000s, that's that's Saying something, um, Sanada has finally showed some fire since he started in Japan with uh, his interactions with Evil recently. But again, we'll see what happens in the match itself. My prediction is Evil. I think he's going to win it because I still think you know Ghetto is very high on him, and I think he's probably going to get one of the first title shots against Ibushi. So you know, got to be Evil.
1: Yeah, I mean, coming out of this, you do need to set up, you know, a big challenger for one of the new beginning shows. And if you think that Ibushi is leaving, uh, Evil's probably going to be one of those candidates, if not the top one way.
0: Yeah, um, I just see, you know, up and down this card, you're getting a lot of babyface wins. So perhaps, you know, uh, an Evil match, uh, an Evil victory at the end of it all maybe is, is, is due. I, I just feel like, man, I I look back at like this past year and I think Sonata for... I mean, he's always to me on the cusp of somebody who I think they're going to be escalating to that next level. And, um, seeing him in a spot like this and us talking about him potentially having to lose the evil in a, in a, in a scenario. I, do you guys think that, you know, he, this past year has been a productive one for his growth? No, not at all.
2: I think he's been stagnated to be honest with you. And like, him getting, you know, the spot in the G1 finals is just like, okay, it's nice. But I, I don't, he's done nothing as, as a performer to really kind of, you know, elevate himself in the eyes of the fans. In my opinion, at least. Maybe the Japanese fans, because he's always been popular with them. But to to a larger fan base, maybe, you know.
1: Yeah, I think it's, you know, going to be a real challenge when it comes to elevating talent to that high level. Because I think the bar has been set very, very high that you know cracking into that that elite group is going to be very difficult to do and i think these two are prime examples of ones that i mean they have th- these have been you know for sonata like it's been several years uh with, with the whole okada chase and then putting that into overdrive with evil this past year we've seen like the slow build for sonata and the rocket launcher that evil got and i don't think either has really cracked into that into that upper echelon and they're not even like age is not really a factor here like these are relatively young guys like evil's 33 sonata's about to turn 33 but in terms of years that these fans have seen them in these positions like those have added up and i i don't know i i don't know if i would be putting my money down that long term either of these will ultimately get to that destination that they will find themselves in that Poor Goto, he's always the example, but in that Goto role of, you know, kind of someone that they're great compliments on a card, you can heat them up for a title challenger if you need one for a for a month, but being the guy, I I don't know if either of these two ultimately uh make it because as you said, WH um a babyface run for evil may not ever happen with that name.
2: No, well. <laughs> they tried, but you know, didn't stick so.
1: So, Junior heavyweight championship match. Taiji Ishimori defends either against Hiromu Takahashi or El Fantasmo. Uh, I think we're all leaning towards Hiromu here, which means uh, Fantasmo maybe links up with Dick Togo and low blows Hiromu and then goes to face Taiji Ishimori. We'll see. Um, Ishimori has held the title since August when he beat Hiromu at the summer struggle in Jingu card. 37 years of age, um, abs of a man that is uh, 23. And I think regardless, I think this... As you said, WH, given the the match placement, I think this has to be Hiromu, and this is very significant that the junior heavyweight title is so high, uh, even above the Evil Sonata match, given how those two were handled over the past year. Um, They're putting the junior heavyweight title in a very prominent spot.
2: Yeah, and it has to be Hiromu. He's going to win the title. As well, I, like, I think we can safely say that Ishimori winning it back in the summer was like to be a placeholder champion for him to go do the New Japan Cup, and go do like whatever, like the stuff with evil in, in getting a title match against him. So it's time for him to get that belt back and just kind of have his final hurrah with that belt before he graduates into the heavyweight division and. Yeah, as soon as I saw that it's a semi-main event, I'm like, there's no way El Phantasmo, or as I I like to call him, I've given him a new nickname. MC4L, mid-card for life, uh, (laughs) is going to be in the semi-main event of a fucking Wrestle Kingdom uh, card.
1: Man, you need like a a guide for WH just so you can follow along with the nicknames. Uh, The main event of Tetsuya Naito or Kota Ibushi defending the double championship against Jay White way, what is the closing image of wrestle Kingdom
0: going to be I think it's uh Kota Ibushi ascending to the heavens because he's going to be reaching the status of god yeah um i it's it's a main event for wrestle Kingdom that I can't really tell you on paper I'm that excited by um however, I think it's you know mainly the hook is Kota Ibushi ultimately you know uh finally arriving at his goal of. Being IWGP Champion, uh, double champion in this case, and celebrating and heading into the new year, sort of as you know the top dog in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And um, for Jay White, I, I'm really interested to see like if there's going to be any mm, any any added wrinkles in this game. I mean, at this point, maybe maybe not, but it is his first Tokyo Dome main event. And I think this year, since his return, I've actually been quite impressed at his character work. Even in his in ring um style, to me it's like reached the point now where it's unique enough and it's captivating enough that um I I'm at least looking forward to seeing what a Kotobushi match with Jay White, you know, in the Tokyo Domain event might look like. So uh I have a feeling you might not agree with me, WH.
2: Um I I'm reading it. A- a late letter to Santa and say, bring me a late Christmas present Santa and and give me a Jay White match, not a Switchblade match, because like I do think under the Switchblade character is a really good wrestler named Jay White that can come out sometimes, but it's not often you see it. I'm hoping this is one of the rare occasions that we do see it. John, I will tell you what the lasting image will be of Wrestle Kingdom if Jay White wins, and that will be a cracked TV screen in my house because I will throw a fucking remote control at the screen. If that happens, but it's not gonna happen because Ibushi's gonna, as Wei says, ascend to the heavens and, and Jay's gonna, you know, move down the card where he belongs as as the switchblade character. And again, he needs to become a babeface that drops ghetto, that drops the stupid character, and becomes like the young lion that I was very high on, the guy in Ring of Honor that I was very high on, and and just move away, like you know, lean more towards being a realistic person rather than A cartoonish buffoon that the switchblade character is and i think there should be a semblance of a good match if this gets like 20 minutes i'm sure 10 of it will be somewhat interesting but the rest of it will be utter shit and there you go like that's that's how they like to book switchblade jay white and that's what i think we're gonna get in the main event of this night that's the main reason why i'm not excited about the the overall weekend to be quite honest with you
1: well, I'm sh- I'm sure you'll be in a better mood at New Year's Dash when Kota comes out for his big celebration at the end of the night, and then the lights go out, and there on the screen is uh your your pal Ken.
2: Ken okay, Ken. Yeah, like yeah, I'm sure. I mean, like Harold's gone, so God, that Forbidden Door is going to be wide open, forgetting the fact that he's got two bosses ahead of him, and they're still there. So yeah, sure, that's going to happen.
1: Well, it's on the un- unlikely scale for uh, for WH. Um, I guess like. When you look at this as well, like it, it's very tough to see what is connecting with people in any large degree because, you know, we, we could see things that, like in a regular year if they – like under normal circumstances, WH, like what would you be looking at in terms of like just the, the drawing power of Wrestle Kingdom itself, the foreigners that would be traveling to this show and – I mean, given the fact that, you know, under normal circumstances, these cards may look a bit different. But with what we have here on paper, like, how do you think this would have performed at the the Tokyo Dome in terms of selling tickets?
2: Again, it's hard to say because these are on a Monday and a Tuesday rather than a Saturday and a Sunday. Right. We had, we which is the, the shows we went to. And so that, I think, really helped um, the attendance of those cards. Um, they've sold out their capacity. I mean, like, you know, the, the government capped it. You know, to whatever they sold, they can't sell anything more beyond that. Um, I think January fifth sold a bit better initially than January fourth. Um, so you know, look into that however you will. I I ask friends in Japan like, what's what are the Japanese fans saying on wrestling Twitter in, J- in Japanese? And they and is, is Jay White over? And they're like, no. I mean, people like people. Some people like him, but a lot of people, a lot of the fans are like me. They don't like the direction in Japan has been going with like guys like evil and and Jay white in the top mix. It's okay if it's the mid card stuff, but they don't want to see like that, you know, sanctified air of the, you know, you know, international wrestling grand prix heavyweight title being like sullied by, you know, cartoon characters like who cheat all the time. Like, I don't, I don't think like, you know, the, when, when Mudo held the belt, when he was Keiji Mudo, he held the belt. It was great when he was Muda, not so much.
1: Do you know anyone that's like going to the show? Do you have any friends that are actually attending any of the
2: shows? Uh in my circle in Japan that that are wrestling fans? No. Because um they're all sensible and they don't want to get the coronavirus in a city that's recording record high numbers of infections like since the since October. Uh and it's just and there's no there's no let up in sight and like the the response from both the the city government, the prefectural government, and the federal government in Japan has been piss poor to say the least. So no, no one, no one I know is stupid enough to go to a live event in in Tokyo.
1: In theory, this should like help New Japan World that this year more than more than others. Like we we saw that effect that uh, WrestleMania had this last year, where that that network number went up significantly uh, with the two night deal. So. I mean that that would be one interesting number to see like what kind of impact New Japan World has for this year's uh Wrestle Kingdom shows. But But
2: you know, John, John that being said, like you look at like attendances for anything at Cork and Hall or even some of the bigger shows that New Japan has held, like, you know, with the cap that they have on these shows that they still do pretty well. Like visually I'm like looking at these shows and I'm like I am surprised every time I see any show in Japan that it has a number of people that it does.
1: I, yeah, and there's always going to be those people that are going to be willing to go to these. Like, I would not be comfortable going to a show now at all. I don't care what precautions are in place, but there's others that are, they want to go, and I think, like, you're always going to have that. Like, I feel like if if tomorrow they announced that there were going to be fans at at WrestleMania, there would be people lining up to to go to that, and probably a significant number.
2: Definitely. I think you're going to see, like you know, nice visuals, like, as far as the crowd attendance goes in, in on both nights of Rust Kingdom, so... Yeah, that...
1: How visually do you think it's gonna look, Way in terms of 5,000 people in a Tokyo Dome setting of how they kind of dress up the, the, the Dome?
0: Oh, I don't know. I think, um... Maybe a lot of tight shots. Um, I don't know how that... I don't know how you spread people. Like, I don't know if they would get everybody to move down, you know, to the lower deck, uh, because... Otherwise, it's just it's going to look pretty damn sparse. And, you know, at this point, it's like everybody knows what the story is. You know, like it's we've we've been watching a full year now, pretty much empty arena wrestling. So is this going to be all that much of a, you know, distraction? Uh, I think that at this point, we're all pretty much used to it.
1: Well, guys, uh, thank you very much for doing this extensive New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom Primer. Uh, As I mentioned, we're going to be back next week. We're going to have shows for our cafe members Monday and Tuesday, immediately following uh, both Dome shows. Uh, We might do a a short update on Wednesday after New Year Dash with whatever is coming out of that. So it's uh, three straight shows from New Japan among their biggest of the year. So lots of coverage will be on the site at postwrestling.com coming up next week. Uh, But W.H., Please let all of the listeners know where they can follow more from you and and some of the big appearances you have been making lately across the wrestling podcast landscape.
2: Uh, so as I mentioned before, I was on the Eastern Lariat uh, year-end show which you can go to their podcast network and, and, and uh, listen to it there or download it from there. I also made an appearance on the Grapple Spotlight uh, Christmas show with uh, Benno, JP, and Gareth, and a bunch of other guests as well. I um, also appeared on Will Cooling's British Wrestling Report uh, Christmas special, I guess he's calling it. Like uh, That was also with Gareth and, and Benno. JP was out of it by that point, so he did not show up. But that was fun to do. We talked a bit about like the, the British representation in in, uh, in japan like with chris brooks drew parker will osprey and, and zach sabre jr uh yeah and you know new new long and winding royal, royal road will be coming out uh, sometime uh, i think like in the second week of january looking at misawa versus uh akiyama from 2000 with Ooh. ed from a uh, pod van Dam uh, podcast so that that'll be fun and yeah maybe and like we'll see like uh post perez thinking about what to do? I don't know. Like when we're gonna do when you're coming back to that, John? Hopefully, hopefully in January. <laughs> yes, yes, we will. We will figure out a uh, our our next show for sure. But definitely, like Post Perez coming back next month as well with John Pollock and, and myself. And and maybe we're we're still. I think we're still talking about like maybe you're gonna add some some Post Perez to the schedule. Of, like maybe another show every month. We'll see what happens with that. We're still in negotiations. These are big talks. A lot of uh, money has to change hands here. You know what I'm saying? Well, everyone, uh, enjoy
1: the rest of your uh, New Year's Day and weekend before uh, Monday hits. Um, my last question: Are you are you going to be watching this live? Wh? Um,
2: I'll probably watch it when I wake up at around nine a.m. I don't think I'm going to wake up like to watch it live. I I just don't feel the excitement for it this year to to do that. Well, I
1: I can't imagine you waking up on on the Tuesday morning and and somehow it's you just open up your browser and there's Jay White with the confetti oh,
2: no. <laughs> it's it's off to the 2021's already off to a bad start if that happens but maybe you can convert you know like your daughter into becoming a new japan fan early john i watch it with you i don't I, I, I don't know about that we'll we'll see we'll see all right well thank you everybody
1: for tuning in this was always a, a a fun a fun preview of these shows uh coming up and we will see what is delivered next week with wrestle kingdom 15 for wh way i am john thank you for listening.